Act Four of Coriolanus by William Shakespeare. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Act Four, Scene One, Rome, before a gate of the city. Enter Coriolanus, Volumnia, Virgilia, Menenius, Comenius, with the young nobility of Rome. Come, leave your tears. A brief farewell. The beast with many heads butts me away. Nay, mother, where is your ancient courage? You were used to say extremity was the trier of spirits. That common chances common men could bear. That when the sea was calm, all boats alike showed mastership in floating. Fortune's blows, when most struck home, being gentle wounded, craves a noble cunning you were used to load me with precepts that would make invincible the heart that conned them oh heavens oh heavens nay prithee woman now the red pestilence strike all trades in rome and occupations perish what 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 i shall be loved when i am lacked nay mother resume that spirit when you were wont to say if you had been the wife of Hercules, six of his labours you'd have done, and saved your husband so much sweat. Herminius, droop not. Adieu. Farewell, my wife, my mother. I'll do well yet. Thou old and true Menenius, thy tears are salter than a younger man's, and venomous to thine eyes. My sometime general, I have seen thee stem, and thou hast oft beheld heart-hardening spectacles. Tell these sad women tis fond to wail inevitable strokes, as tis to laugh at em. My mother, you wot well my hazards still have been your solace, and believe it not lightly, though I go alone, like to a lonely dragon, that his friend makes feared and talked of more than seen, your son will or exceed the common, or be caught with cautelous baits and practice. My first son, whither wilt thou go? Take good Cominius with thee a while, determine on some course, more than a wild exposture to each chance that starts the way before thee. Oh, the gods! I'll follow thee a month. Devise with thee where thou shalt rest, that thou mayst hear of us as we of thee. For if the time thrust forth a cause for thy repeal, we shall not send o'er the vast world to seek a single man, and lose advantage, which doth ever cool the absence of the needer. Fare ye well. Thou hast years upon thee, and thou art too full of the war's surfeits to go rogue with one that's yet unbruised. Bring me but out at gate. Come, my sweet wife, my dearest mother, And my friends of noble touch. When I am forth, bid me farewell and smile. I pray you, come. While I remain above the ground, You shall hear from me still, And never of me aught but what is like me formerly. That's worthily as any ear can hear. Come, let's not weep. 
if i could shake off but one seven years from these old arms and legs by the good gods i'll with thee every foot give me thy hand come exeunt scene two the same a street near the gate enter Cecinius, brutus and an edile bid them all home he's gone and we'll no further the nobility are vexed whom we see have cited in his behalf now we have shown our power let us seem humbler after it is done than when it was a doing bid them home say their great enemy is gone and they stand in their ancient strength dismiss them home exit edile here comes his mother let's not meet her why they say she's mad they have taken note of us keep on your way enter volumnia virgilia and meninius ho you are well met the hoarded plague of the gods requite your love peace peace be not so loud if that i could for weeping you should hear nay and you shall hear some to brutus will you be gone to Cecinius. you shall stay too i would i had the power to say so to my husband are you mankind ay fool is that a shame note but this fool was not a man my father hadst thou fox-ship to banish him that struck more blows for rome than thou hast spoken words o blessed heavens more noble blows than ever thou wise words and for rome's good i'll tell thee what oh, yet go nay but thou shalt stay too i would my son were in arabia and thy tribe before him his good sword in his hand what then what then he'll make an end of thy posterity bastards and all good man the wounds that he does bear for rome come come peace i would he had continued to his country as he began and not unknit himself from the noble knot he made i would he had i would he had twas you incensed the rabble cat that can judge as fitly of his worth as i can of those mysteries which heaven will not have earth to know pray let us go now pray sir get you gone you have done a brave deed ere you go hear this as far as doth the capital exceed the meanest house in rome so far my son this lady's husband here this do you see whom you have banished does exceed you all well well we'll leave you why stay we to be baited with one who wants her wits take my prayers with you exeunt tribunes i would the gods had nothing else to do but to confirm my curses could i meet him but once a day it would unclog my heart of what lies heavy to it you have told them home and by my truth you have cause you'll sup with me anger's my meat i sup upon myself and so shall starve with feeding come let's go leave this faint puling and lament as i do in anger juno-like come 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 fie 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 exeunt scene three a highway between rome and antium enter a roman and a wolsey meeting i know you well sir and you know me your name i think is adrian it is so sir truly i have forgot you i am a roman and my services are as you are against them know you me yet nicanor no the same sir 
You had more beard when I last saw you, but your favor is well approved by your tongue. What's the news in Rome? I have a note from the Volsian state to find you out there. You have well saved me a day's journey. There have been in Rome strange insurrections. The people against the senators, partitions, and nobles. Hath been? Is it ended, then? Our state thinks not so. They are in a most warlike preparation, and hope to come upon them in the heat of their division. The main blaze of it is past, but a small thing would make it flame again, for the nobles receive so to heart the banishment of that worthy Coriolanus, that they are in ripe aptness to take all power from the people, and to pluck from them their tribunes for ever. This lies glowing, I can tell you, and is almost mature for the violent breaking out. Coriolanus banished? Banished, sir. You will be welcome with this intelligence, Nicanor. The day serves well for them now. I have heard it said, the fittest time to corrupt a man's wife is when she's fallen out with her husband. Your noble Tullus Aphidius will appear well in these wars. His great opposer, Coriolanus, being now in no request of his country. He cannot choose. I am most fortunate thus accidentally to encounter you. You have ended my business, and I will merrily accompany you home. I shall, between this and supper, tell you most strange things from Rome, all tending to the good of their adversaries. Have you an army ready, say you? A most royal one. The centurions and their charges, distinctly billeted, already in the entertainment, and to be on foot at an hour's warning. I am joyful to hear of their readiness, and am the man, I think, that shall set them in present action. So, sir, heartily well met, and most glad of your company. You take my part from me, sir. I have the most cause to be glad of yours. Well, let us go together. Exeunt. Scene four. Antium. Before Aphidius's house. Enter Coriolanus in mean apparel, disguised and muffled. A goodly city is this Antium. City, tis I that made thy widows. Many an air of these fair edifices for my wars have I heard groan and drop. Then know me not, lest that thy wives with spits and boys with stones in puny battles slay me. Enter a citizen. Save you, sir. And you. Direct me, if it be your will, where great Ophidius lies. Is he in Antium? He is, and feast the nobles of the state at his house this night. Which is his house, beseech you? This, here before you. Thank you, sir. Farewell. Exit, citizen. O oh, world, thy slippery turns. Friends now fast sworn, whose double bosoms seem to wear one heart, whose house, whose bed, whose meal, and exercise are still together, who twin as twere in love unseparable, shall within this hour, on a dissension of a doit, break out to bitterest enmity, so fellest foes, whose passions and whose plots have broke their sleep, to take the one the other, by some chance, some trick not worth an egg, shall grow dear friends and interjoin their issues. So with me, my birthplace hate I, 
and my loves upon this enemy town. I'll enter. If he slay me, he does fair justice. If he give me way, I'll do his country's service. Exit. Scene five. The same. A hall in Aphidius's house. Music within. Enter a serving man. Wine, 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 what service is here? I think our fellows are asleep. Exit. Enter a second serving man. Where's Codus? My master calls for him. Codus! Exit. Enter Coriolanus. A goodly house. The feast smells well. But I appear not like a guest. Re-enter the first serving man. What would you have, friend? Whence are you? Is no place for you. Pray go to the door. Exit. I have deserved no better entertainment in being Coriolanus. Re-enter second serving man. Whence are you, sir? Has the porter his eyes in his head? Then he gets entrance to such companions? Pray get you out. Away. Away. Get you away. Now thou art troublesome. Are you so brave? I'll have you talked with anon. Enter a third serving man. The first meets him. What fellow's this? A strange one as ever I looked on. I cannot get him out of the house. Prithee, call my master to him. Retires. What have you to do here, fellow? Pray you, avoid the house. Let me but stand. I will not hurt your hearth. What are you? A gentleman. Marvellous poor one. True, so I am. Pray you, poor gentleman, take up some other station. Here's no place for you. Pray you avoid. Come. Follow your function. Go, and batten on cold bits. Pushes him away. What? You will not? Prithee, tell my master what a strange guest he has here. And I shall. Exit. Where dwellest thou? Under the canopy. Under the canopy? Aye. Where's that? In the city of kites and crows. In the city of kites and crows? What an ass it is! Then thou dwellest with doors too. No, I serve not thy master. How, sir? Do you meddle with my master? Aye. Tis an honester service than to meddle with thy mistress. Thou pratest and pratest. Serve with thy trencher. Hence! Beats him away. Exit third serving man. Enter Phidias with the second serving man. Where is this fellow? Here, sir. I'd have beaten him like a dog, but for disturbing the lords within. Retires. Whence comest thou? What wouldst thou? Thy name. Why speaks not? Speak, man, what's thy name? Unmuffling. If, Tullus, not yet thou knowest me, and, seeing me, dost not think me for the man I am, Necessity commands me name myself. What is thy name? A name unmusical to the Balsians' ears, And harsh in sound to thine. Say what's thy name? Thou hast a grim appearance, And thy face bears a command in it. Though thy tackle's torn, Thou showest a noble vessel. What's thy name? Prepare thy brow to frown. Knowst thou me yet? I know thee not. Thy name? My name is Caius Martius, who hath done to thee particularly, and to all the Bolses, great hurt and mischief. 
thereto witness may my surname coriolanus the painful service the extreme dangers and the drops of blood shed for my thankless country are requited but with that surname a good memory and witness of the malice and displeasure which thou shouldst bear me only that name remains the cruelty and envy of the people permitted by our dastard nobles who have all forsook me hath devoured the rest and suffered me by the voice of slaves to be whooped out of rome now this extremity hath brought me to thy hearth not out of hope mistake me not to save my life for if i had feared death of all the men in the world i would have voided thee but in mere spite to be full quit of those my banishers stand i before thee here then if thou hast a heart of reek in thee that wilt revenge thine own particular wrongs and stop those names of shame seen through thy country speed thee straight and make my misery serve thy turn so use it that my revengeful services may prove as benefits to thee for i will fight against my cankered country with the spleen of all the under fiends but if so be thou darest not this and that to prove more fortunes thou art tired then in a word i also am longer to live most weary and present my throat to thee and to thy ancient malice which not to cut would show thee but a fool since i have ever followed thee with hate drawn tons of blood out of thy country's breast and cannot live but to thy shame unless it be to do thee service o martius martius each word thou hast spoke hath weeded from my heart a root of ancient envy if jupiter should from yon cloud speak divine things and say tis true i'll not believe them more than thee all noble coriolanus let me twine mine arms about that body where against my grained ash an hundred times hath broke and scarred the moon with splinters. Here I clip the anvil of my sword, and do contest as hotly and as nobly with thy love as ever in ambitious strength I did contend against thy valour. Know thou first, I loved the maid I married, never man sighed truer breath, but that I see thee here, thou noble thing, more dances my rapt heart than when I first my wedded mistress saw bestride my threshold. Why, thou Mars, I tell thee we have a power on foot, and I had purpose once more to hew thy target from thy brawn or lose mine arm for it. Thou hast beat me out twelve several times, and I have nightly since dreamt of encounters twixt thyself and me. We have been down together in my sleep, unbuckling helms fisting each other's throat and waked half dead with nothing worthy martius had we no quarrel else to rome but that thou art thence banished we would muster all from twelve to seventy and pouring war into the bowels of ungrateful rome like a bold flood or bear o oh, come go in and take our friendly senators by the hands who now are here, taking their leaves of me who am prepared against your territories, though not for Rome itself. You bless me, gods. Therefore, most absolute sir, 
if thou wilt have the leading of thine own revenges, take the one half of my commission, and set down, as best thou art experienced, since thou knowest thy country's strength and weakness, thine own ways, whether to knock against the gates of Rome, or rudely visit them in parts remote, to fright them ere destroy. But come in. Let me commend thee first to those that shall say yea to thy desires. A thousand welcomes, and more a friend than e'er an enemy. Yet, Martius, that was much. Your hand, most welcome. Exeunt Coriolanus and Aphidius. The two serving-men come forward. Here's a strange alteration. By my hand. I had thought to have struck him with a cudgel. And yet my mind gave me his clothes made a false report of him. What an arm he has! He turned me about with his finger and his thumb, as one would set up a top. Nay, I knew by his face that there was something in him. He had, sir, a kind of face, methought. I cannot tell how to term it. He had so, looking as it were. Would I were hanged, but I thought there was more in him than I could think. So did I, I'll be sworn. He is simply the rarest man in the world. I think he is but a greater soldier than he you wot on. Who? My master? Nay, it's no matter for that. Worth six on him. Nay, not so neither. But I'd take him to be the greater soldier. Faith, look you, one cannot tell how to say that. For the defense of a town, our general is excellent. Aye, and for an assault, too. Re-enter third serving man. Ho, oh, slaves, I can tell you news. News, you rascals! What, 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 let's partake. I would not be a Roman of all nations. I had as leave be a condemned man. Wherefore, wherefore? Wherefore? Why, here's he that was wont to thwack our general, Caius Coriolanus. Why do you say thwack our general? I do not say thwack our general, but he was always good enough for him. Come, we are fellows and friends. He was ever too hard for him. I have heard him say so himself. He was too hard for him directly to say the troth on it. Before Corioli he scotched him and notched him like a carbonado. And he had been cannibale given. He might have broiled and eaten him, too. But more of thy news. Why, he is so made on here within as if he was son and heir to Mars, set at upper end of the table. No question asked of him by any of the senators, but they stand bald before him sanctifies himself with his hands, and turns up the white of the eye to his discourse. But the bottom of the news is that our general is cut i' the middle, and but one half of what he was yesterday, for the other as half by the entreaty and grant of the whole table. He'll go, he says, and sow the porter o' Rome's gates by the ears. He will mow all down before him, and leave his passage polled. And he's as like to do it as any man I can imagine. Do it. He will do it, for look you, sir, he has as many friends as enemies, which friends, sir, as it were, durst not, look you, sir, show themselves, as we term it, as friends, while he's in directitude. Directitude? What's that? But when they shall see, sir, is crest up again, and the man in blood, they will out of their burrows like conies after rain, and revel all with him. But when goes this forward? Tomorrow, to-day, presently. You shall have the drum struck up this afternoon. Tis, as it were, a parcel of their feast, and to be executed ere they wipe their lips. 
Why, then we shall have a stirring world again. This piece is nothing but to rust iron, increase tailors, and breed ballad-makers. Let me have war, say I. It exceeds peace as far as day does night. It's sprightly, waking, audible, and full of vent. Peace is a very apoplexy, lethargy, mold, deaf, sleepy, insensible, a getter of more bastard children than war's a destroyer of men. Tis so, and as war, in some sort, may be said to be a ravisher, so it cannot be denied, but peace is a great maker of cuckolds. Aye, and it makes men hate one another. Reason, because they then less need one another. The war's for my money. I hope to see Romans as cheap as Volsians. They are rising, they are rising. In, 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 in. Exeunt. Scene six. Rome, a public place. Enter Sicinius and Brutus. We hear not of him, neither need we fear him. His remedies are tame in the present peace and quietness of the people, which before were in wild hurry. Here do we make his friends blush that the world goes well, who rather had, though they themselves did suffer bite, behold dissentious numbers pestering the streets than see our tradesmen within their shops and going about their functions friendly. We stood to it in good time. Enter Meninius. Is this Meninius? Tis he, tis he. Oh, he is grown most kind of late. Hail, Hail sir. sir. Hail to you both. Your Coriolanus is not much missed, but with his friends. The Commonwealth doth stand, and so would do, were he more angry at it. All's well, and might have been much better if he could have temporized. Where is he? Hear you? Nay, I hear nothing. His mother and his wife hear nothing from him. Enter three or four citizens. The gods preserve you both. God den, our neighbors. God den to you all, God den to you all ourselves our wives and children on our knees are bound to pray for you both live and thrive farewell kind neighbors we wished coriolanus had loved you as we did now the gods keep you farewell farewell exeunt citizens this is a happier and more comely time than when these fellows ran about the streets crying confusion Caius Coriolanus was a worthy officer in the war, but insolent, o'ercome with pride, ambitious past all thinking, self-loving, and affecting one sole throne, without assistance. I think not so. We should by this, to all our lamentation, if he had gone forth counsel, found it so. The gods have well prevented it, and Rome sits safe and still without him. Enter an Edile. Worthy tribunes, there is a slave whom we have put in prison reports. The Volskis, with two several powers, are entered in the Roman territories, and with the deepest malice of the war destroy what lies before them. Tis Ophidius, who, hearing of our Coriolanus banishment, thrusts forth his horns again into the world, which were in shell when Coriolanus stood for Rome, and durst not once peep out. Come. What talk of you of Coriolanus? Go see this rumorer whipped. It cannot be the Volskis dare break with us. Cannot be. We have record that very well it can, and three examples of the like have been within my age. 
but reason with the fellow before you punish him where he has heard this lest you shall chance to whip your information and beat the messenger who bids beware of what is to be dreaded tell not me i know this cannot be not possible enter a messenger the nobles in great earnestness are going all to the senate house some news is come that turns their countenances tis this slave go whip him for the people's eyes his raising nothing but his report yes worthy sir the slave's report is seconded and more more fearful is delivered what more fearful it is spoke freely out of many mouths how probable i do not know that coriolanus joined with the phidias leads a power against rome and vows revenge as spacious as between the youngest and oldest thing this is most likely raised only that the weaker sort may wish good coriolanus home again the very trick on't this is unlikely he and ophidius can no more atone than violentest contrariety enter a second messenger you were sent for to the senate a fearful army led by caius coriolanus associated with the phidias rages upon our territories and have already all borne their way consumed with fire and took what lay before them Enter Comenius. Oh, you have made good work. What news? What news? You have halp to ravish your own daughters and to melt the city leads upon your pates, to see your wives dishonored to your noses. What's the news? What's the news? Your temples burned in their cement, and your franchises whereon you stood confined into an augur's bore. Pray now your news. You have made fair work, I fear me. Pray your news. If Coriolanus should be joined with Volscians. If! He is their god. He leads them like a thing made by some other deity than nature, that shapes man better, and they follow him against us brats, with no less confidence than boys pursuing summer butterflies or butchers killing flies. You have made good work, you and your apron men. You that stood so up much on the voice of occupation and the breath of garlic eaters. He will shake your Rome about your ears. As Hercules did shake down mellow fruit. You have made fair work. But is this true, sir? Aye, and you'll look pale before you find it other. All the regions do smilingly revolt, and who resist are mocked for valiant ignorance, and perish constant fools. Who is't can blame him? Your enemies and his find something in him. We are all undone, unless the noble man have mercy. Who shall ask it? The tribunes cannot do it for shame. The people deserve such pity of him as the wolf does of the shepherds. For his best friends, if they should say, Be good to Rome, they charged him even as those should that had deserved his hate, and therein showed like enemies. Tis true. If he were putting to my house the brand that should consume it, I have not the face to say, Beseech you, cease. You have made fair hands, you and your crafts, you have crafted fair. You have brought a trembling upon Rome, such as was never so incapable of help. Say not we brought it. How? Was it we? We loved him but like beasts and cowardly nobles, gave way unto your clusters who did hoot him out of the city. But I fear they'll roar in him again. Tullus Ophidius, the second name of men, obeys his points as if he were his officer. 
Desperation is all the policy, strength, and defence that Rome can make against them. Enter a troop of citizens. Here come the clusters. And is Ophidius with him? You are they that made the air unwholesome when you cast your stinking, greasy caps in hooting at Coriolanus's exile? Now he's coming, and not a hair upon a soldier's head, which will not prove a whip. As many coxcombs as you threw caps up will he tumble down and pay you for your voices. Tis no matter, if he could burn us all into one coal, we have deserved it. Faith, we hear fearful news. For mine own part, when I said banish him, I said twas pity. And so did I. And so did I. And to say the truth, so did very many of us. That we did, we did for the best. And though we willingly consented to his banishment, yet it was against our will. Ye are goodly things, you voices. You have made good work, you and your cry. Shells to the Capitol? Oh, aye, what else? Exeunt Comenius and Menenius. Go, masters, get you home, be not dismayed. These are a side that would be glad to have this true which they so seem to fear. Go home, and show no sign of fear. The gods be good to us. Come, masters, let's home. I ever said we were in the wrong when we banished him. So did we all. But come, let's home. Exeunt citizens. I do not like this news. Nor I. Let's to the capital. Would half my wealth would buy this for a lie. Pray, let us go. Exeunt. Scene 7. A camp at a small distance from Rome. Enter Ophidius and his lieutenant. Do they still fly to the Roman? I do not know what witchcraft's in him, but your soldiers use him as the grace for meat, their talk at the table, and their thanks at end. And you are darkened in this action, sir, even by your own. I cannot help it now, unless by using means I lame the foot of our design. He bears himself more proudlier even to my person than I thought he would when first I did embrace him. Yet his nature in that's no changeling, and I must excuse what cannot be amended. Yet I wish, sir, uh, I mean for your particular, you had not joined in commission with him, but either had borne the action of yourself, or else to him had left it solely. I understand thee well, and be thou sure when he shall come to his account he knows not what I can urge against him. Although it seems, and so he thinks, and is no less apparent to the vulgar eye, that he bears all things fairly, and shows good husbandry for the Volscian state, fights dragon-like, and does achieve as soon as draw his sword, yet he hath left undone that which shall break his neck or hazard mine, when e'er we come to our account. Sir, I beseech you, think you he'll carry Rome? All places yield to him ere he sits down and the nobility of Rome are his. The senators and patricians love him too. The tribunes are no soldiers, and their people will be as rash in the repeal as hasty to expel him thence. I think he'll be to Rome as is the osprey to the fish, who takes it by sovereignty of nature. First he was a noble servant to them, but he could not carry his honours even. Whether twas pride, which out of daily fortune ever taints the happy man, whether defect of judgment, to fail in the disposing of those chances which he was lord of, 
or whether nature, not to be other than one thing, not moving from the cask to the cushion, but commanding peace even with the same austerity and garb as he controlled the war, but one of these, as he hath spices of them all, not all, for I dare so far free him, made him feared, so hated, and so banished, but he has a merit to choke it in the utterance. So our virtues lie in the interpretation of the time. And power, unto itself most commendable, hath not a tomb so evident as a chair to extol what it hath done. One fire drives out one fire, one nail, one nail. Rights by rights falter, strengths by strengths do fail. Come, let's away. When, Caius, Rome is thine, thou art poorest of all, then shortly art thou mine. Exeunt. End of Act 4